Good day, and let us spin you a cracking yarn. Four bonds of mates on a ripper adventure through fantasy Australia, where every bugger wants to kill your face. It's Dungeons and Dragons, except down under, we call it Dungeons and Drongos. Dunnies, dingoes, drop in. G'day, Lamingtons, Lamingtons, Milky Bar Kid. We are back with the second part of our adventure. I'm just stalling because I'm thinking, is the Milky Bar Kid also an American thing? We oh. definitely have Australian Milky Bar Kid ads where they go, oh, what's the Milky Bar Kid? Yeah, the Milky Bars are on me. <laughs> milky Bars are on me. We're claiming it. I say, I say He's ours now, bitches. I'm getting like, from us. I'm getting America. <laughs> Let's just say wagon wheels. I'm like, oh, that's almost <laughs> certainly American first. We got Tim Tams. We do have Tim Tams. Yeah, okay, Tim Tams. That's all we need. Uh, welcome back to the second part of our adventure, episode 49. Welcome to Tim Tams. How exciting. Episode 49, part two of the Twisted... Lighthouse. Before we get too far into it, can we go around the room, please, and get your character, your real name, your race, your class? And I want to know what type of test is your character most likely to fail? I'm Suzanne. I play Mackenzie, uh, who is an elf wizard. And surprising no one, I think the test that she would most likely fail is some kind of test of physical, like, endurance. I was gonna, thought you were going to say cultural tolerance, but uh, that's good too. Yep. <laughs> I'm Zach. I play Tiefling Fighter Plank, and the test he would probably fail is like, he probably wouldn't fail it, but he'd probably be embarrassed, is like a morality test where he had to choose between like saving a kid or like downing a carton, you know? I was thinking a maths test, but sure. <laughs> yeah, he would. He's real good at math. <laughs> yeah. Let the record show. I'm Paris. I play halfling ranger G'day. And I think the kind of test G'day would fail um, would be um, just like being too trusting. Like, you know, if someone was like, what's it called when they trick you? Tricking Gro- like Grooming. <laughs> grooming test. No, just like, you know, if someone was tricking her, like, you know, with her money or something like that. Oh, you swindled. Like, swindled, yeah. I think she's just too trusting in people. A hustler? A grifter? Yeah, yeah that sort of thing. Okay. Well, All right. how, and spelling. Well, how lucky for us that we don't have any grifters now. <laughs> Interesting. Well, I've uh, put that all in the story barrel and uh, I'm rolling <laughs> it all around because your characters are about to do five more tests mm. after doing a test last week. Uh, and you're being judged by the mysterious dark architect of a cursed, twisted lighthouse, mm. which has been changing all around you. Dark architect is the name of my new band. And if you remember... <laughs> purely uh, in Infernal. <laughs> you, you went in here because a girl and two older boys went in. The older boys were dead and the girl disappeared. Uh, this is a similar story to the architect himself who disappeared and his wife and child were killed. And there was also the tale of three sea captains, two of who are now ghosts, where one managed to pass (laughs) into the Plenty, a magical place called the Plenty, and the other two died. 
So one of us is going to die. And now they're going to die. And now, so sorry, guys. So sorry, you two are going to die. So there are three of you now in this similar situation, and you are being judged to see who is the most worthy of you to enter the plenty. Oh dear. Crap. So maybe now you understand the stakes a little bit ah. better of what we're playing for tonight. Yeah, the, the right to go into episode fifty. <laughs> yeah, this is actually like a semi-final of with Project Runway. Episode fifty coming around the corner. I would encourage you all to think about the stakes <laughs> and maybe uh, not be afraid to make some bold choices. As uh, you are at the whims, as you're being judged by. The demon Trichotomous Dave. <laughs> he has three eyes, three horns, three tongues, three beards. Three beards. Three nipples and three balls. Three belly buttons? There's three balls, but not three dicks. How many toes he got? Shouldn't he have six balls and three dicks? Does he have three feet with 30 toes? Does he have three like, feet Like what looks like just toes. a bunch of grapes just hanging? I think it's pretty clear on what it has three of. <laughs> If he's got three feet, does he have three knees? Guys. But if he's got three legs, does that mean he has nine knees? (laughs) Maybe he has three hearts. Oh. Like a giraffe? Like three heart chambers? Three hearts full of love. Because that strikes me as inefficient. Hmm. We won't have to fight him. (laughs) Just give him him like a large shock and he'll just kill (laughs) over. We'll see who's who's smiling at the end of this episode. (laughs) It's been a long night. (laughs) So as you are leaving this room, uh, remember you were just aged and you fought a devil. A piece of painting appears on a portion of the wall. And it is the lowest part of the demon. It is the three balls. <laughs> two of which are kind of withered on the vine, and one which is bulging and very happy. And I feel like we can't go on without mentioning this <laughs> fucking cat being a maniac on the floor behind us. What are you doing, Ridley? Hey, the little... second cat to interrupt a podcast today. Little prawn. He's lying on his back, clawing himself around in circles, like when Homer Simpson lays on the floor and goes, woo, 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 around in circles. He wants to see if he's worthy. He's not worthy. You (laughs) fail. Go away. Three only. Gosh. All right. So, there is a weird spinning and churning. (laughs) This cat, I swear to God, is just clawing the carpet. Ridley, you fool. (laughs) Go away. (laughs) The room again begins to spin and reconfigure as the lighthouse reconstructs itself. And a hatch opens and stairs pop up to the next level. Up the stairs, up the stairs. Begrudgingly. Begrudgingly up the the stairs. And the door closes behind you. This room is dark, it's sparse, and there are three podiums in the centre. And each one... It's dark, it's sparse, and it smells like my ass. Does your ass smell like... (laughs) Cabbages? Uh, I don't know. Because there are three bowls, one on each podium, with a spoon in each bowl, and they are filled with cabbage leaves. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Are they cooked? Are they raw? They are raw. Okay. Oh, cool. I was just writing notes and I wrote cabbage by accident. Sorry. <laughs> There's cabbage there. Yeah, no, it wasn't relevant um, to my notes. 
So I'm there's gonna, a bowl full of cabbage. I was like, no, no, you didn't miss here. There is bowls of cabbage. <laughs> I'm going to roll inspection on the cabbage. Okay. Uh, 18. Yep, it looks like crisp, fresh cabbage leaves. Did you think it a bowl or three bowls? Three bowls, three spoons, three podiums. Okay, I'm going to Which, which podium are you going to choose? I go to the middle, middle one. Left. Can I do an arcana <laughs> check first? It's a circular room. Please. <laughs> the one furthest from the so other you're side. you going to say port or starboard. <laughs> it, it doesn't really matter. Plank claims a bowl and starts to eat. Yeah, yeah. I'm eating too. G'day claims a bowl and starts to eat. I will take the last bowl. And Mackenzie claims a bowl and starts to eat. So you eat the cabbage. Uh... It tastes as good as cabbage can taste. I actually really like cabbage. Okay. Well, it's fine then. You eat the bowl. You all eat the cabbage. And then you all feel a bloated kind of weight in your stomach. Something heavy in your body. And you're starting to cramp and twist in your innards. Roll constitution, everybody. 20. 20. 17. Okay, so you're all fighting it pretty well, but um, there is a horrible squirmy weight in your stomachs, and the room begins to shift again, and three evenly spaced doors appear. And what you see within these doors is exactly what you need to see right now without being too graphic. There are three toilets. And you are definitely churning and not feeling great about it. I go and use the toilet? I don't. I'm just going to stand. Okay. I fight it. I'm going to use the bathroom as well. Okay, so you guys close yourselves into a bathroom. Uh, Plank, you are outside. You stay. Um, We're not going to be too graphic about this. Yeah. But... We spray paint. There is... (laughs) No, 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 you don't spray paint. Crack the porcelain. (laughs) Sorry. There is a moment where the soundscape changes in this room. From a kind of uncomfortable groaning, straining, heavy breathing kind of sound to a moment when almost simultaneously from the two bathrooms and from uh, the central room where Plank is, <laughs> we would suddenly hear the piercing cries of three infants. Are they green? They is are my... green oh. babies. Is mine stuck in my pants? <laughs> yours is stuck in your pants, Plank. Is yours purple instead of green? <laughs> but you have each quite uncomfortably passed through your body your own crying green baby. Wow, gross. And once these babies are out and you've, um, you know, you've corrected yourselves, <laughs> the doors of the toilets open to eject you. Um, all right, so these babies, do they ha- are they leafy? Are they, are they just human babies but green? They Very humanoid, but they're green um, they've got a, a sort of slight leafy kind of frill around the necks, but they're leafy green babies with um, screwed up faces and they're crying. 
Sound like axolotls. What, how are you going to, guys, each going to deal with your baby? You, you guys enter the um, main room as well? Yeah. yeah. I'll go do you take your babies with you? Yeah. Give it a cuddle and I'm going to place it in the bowl. Okay. I, um... It sits in the bowl and um, cries even louder oh. as it stares at you. What are you doing with yours, Plank? Take mine out of my pants. Yep. <laughs> then I take my shirt off. Yeah. And I wrap it up in, like, a nice warm blanket. Yep. And then I kind of shake it. Yep. And, um, I place it gently in the bowl. But I keep, like... Okay, it is still... Giving it a tickle. Screaming and looking at you and Mackenzie. Um, Mackenzie's got big billowing, like, wizard sleeves. So she's going to kind of keep it kind of like... She's going to pull an arm back into her sleeve and use this sleeve to kind of wrap up this baby. Um, She's got a big wizard sleeve. <laughs> she does. <laughs> and um, then she kind of like lifts it does up it and kind of goes, shut the fuck up. It's like a clown's pocket. I'm building a word picture <laughs> and you're gross. <laughs> All of you. <laughs> um, and she kind of goes, oh, God. And she kind of gives it a pretty solid kind of whack on the back to try and burp it. The, <laughs> the you got pretty firm. The baby's screaming. Gets louder and louder. Is that all three. Mackenzie hit it. All three of the babies. Can you guys roll a constitution, please? Seventeen. Twelve. Eighteen. Uh, Sixteen. Okay, you guys are weathering it, but if it increased much more, there would be a point where you might feel that it's um, a little bit painful. As this happens, the room reconfigures again. It's just spinning. And those three doors that were originally bathrooms, one by one, reveal themselves to be new rooms. One of them is a small room which reveals a patch of dirt on the floor with cabbages planted in it. So a small cabbage patch. The second door reveals a tied up animal on a stake. It's a sort of donkey-looking thing, and it looks sad and hungry. It's got a runny nose, and when it sees the um, room in front of it, the smell of cabbage seems to excite it, and it kind of, like, bays its head and kind of snorts and, like, looks excitedly across at the babies that are crying in the bowls. And the third room has a spinning blade on the ground that is just spinning around very fast that would clearly shred a cabbage or cabbage-like creation. What are you guys going to do? The cabbages in the cabbage patch, are they showing any sign of being... Are they normal cabbages? They look to be normal cabbages from where you are. My feeling is we investigate those cabbages. If, If they are normal cabbages, we will upend... Like, take some out feed them to the donkey thing, and then put our babies in the hole. Yeah, that's probably what I would have done. Yeah, I'll go first. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So we're taking the cabbages out. we're investigating the cabbages first to make sure they're actual real cabbages. Just grab them. Okay, cool. Now, what what are you going to do? You you are being judged as individuals, Mm -hmm. so you don't all have to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'll be looking at well, you know, the forces that be will be looking at 
your individual actions. I want to be very clear on who does what. Okay. I'm going to take G'day's baby. Why G'day's? Because she's going in and retrieving cabbages. Okay. Is that what's happening? I'm going to pick up my own baby. Yeah. And then I'm going to go into the cabbage patch field. Okay. Yeah, I've got mine with me as well. I'm going to take one Okay, it's a narrow... So there's only really room for one person to stand there in the doorway at this thing. So it's going to be plank for... Who's it going to be first? Um, G'day can go first. G'day. Yeah. So I've got my cabbage baby with me. Yeah. I take one of the cabbages out. Okay. So as soon as you touch the cabbage, it won't budge. It looks to be a real cabbage. Like, that's not a um, baby cabbage by any means. Mm Mm-hmm but it is firmly rooted in there. It is not intended for you to remove. So you cannot remove it, and the animal starts baying and grunting, and its its eyes are following you, and it's kind of um, sniffing in the direction of the baby that you're holding. So you are not going to be able to remove a cabbage from the patch to give to the animal. Why can't, don't we, can't we tear a chunk out of the cabbage? Or why don't we just let the animal free? Yeah. Like take the animal to the cabbage patch? Yeah. Yeah. So who's going to try to do that? I can do that. But I'm going to give my baby two plank to hold while I do it. Okay. You sure? It is in your wizard's sleep. So you go to the rope. Yep. And again, it won't budge. It is not intended for you to move the animal or for you to move the cabbage. It's intended for you to make a choice. Who's got a knife? We all have knives. True. Never mind. Mackenzie's going to try and go to the cabbage patch and cut a chunk out of the cabbage. Like, not uproot it, just cut bits out. No, Look, I reckon... the cabbage is not respond. Like, it seems indestructible. What? This is... Come on, guys. You know what we need to do. Throw the babies in the blades. We just need to pick one each. Pick a room each? Yeah. Two of us have to kill a baby. Um, the baby's screaming's getting louder. They're not real. And the beast is getting... Um, it's more ravenous. G'day, you go in the cabbage patch so okay. you don't have to kill a baby. Because I'm pure. Okay, yeah. I go in the cabbage patch room. And is there a door? Um, they're open doors. I'm going to shut it behind me. It's almost like three closets. Yeah. No, they're, they're, it's, sorry, there's no door for oh, you to move. Yeah. Okay, I just yeah, go just stand in there. I'm just... going to go hang out with the animal then. I'll stand <laughs> in the blade room. <laughs> okay. So you're all poised at these three doorways. What do you do? Take my shirt back. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. I don't want to kill a baby. <laughs> just pretend I put it's the a baby tiny, down. Just pretend it's a tiny, tiny, Cabbage? little bush poet. The babies are screaming louder. Can you do another constitution check, please? 19. 6. 16. Okay, Mackenzie. You take... Four damage. Mm-hmm. I start bleeding from the ears. Yeah, so it's getting and with painful, that in mind, guys. I'm gonna go <laughs> and I thrust the baby at the donkey. The donkey, quickly, like its mouth opens to um, wider proportions than you're even expecting, and it very quickly gobbles up the baby and brays with delight. I give it a sad pat. It um, it, it's very happy with you. Okay. I wrap the baby back up in my blanket. <laughs> okay. Sure. Screaming's getting louder. <clears throat> put it back in the bowl. Screaming's getting very loud. I'm going to put mine down on the ground, like bury it or whatever, with its head out. You're going to bury it in the... In the dirt with its head out. 
okay. The screaming stops and it um, seems to go to sleep. And before long, it's hard to even distinguish it from the other cabbages. <laughs> Is Gray out of the door now? Yep. Can I go in? Yep. I do the same thing. And you also bury the baby. Didn't think we had that option. Because <laughs> Gaudet was baby. like, we all had to go in like take... one room each. Yeah, I thought we had to have one room each. G'day killed that baby. <laughs> I did not. Ah. <laughs> uh, okay. I have a theory about what we're being tested on, but I'm not going to share it with you guys. Uh, I don't want to know, to be honest, at this point. So, uh, the next piece of the painting lights up, up on the wall, and it is the three, it's the portion with the three nipples. I'll bet. And the room reconfigures, it shifts and whirs, and a new room is revealed at the top of the stairs. What does he have three of again? Everything. Everything. Was it very specific? You have to remember. Oh, fuck. Testicles. Horns, beards, nipples, nipples, testicles. Eyes. People are making notes instead of jokes, then, you know, I always say, (laughs) notes, not jokes, guys. I tried to write captain and I wrote cabbage, okay? (laughs) Horn, beard... Nipples. And I think tails? Balls. No, it wasn't tails. Because we would have gone past that already. Oh, okay. True. And so nipples just light it up. (gasps) Balls are obviously fertility. So nipples are... Milk. Oh. We're going to the milk room. Oh, dear. Okay. All right. What other gross, horrible thing are you going to throw at us? All right. So you go up to the next room. Yes. And the door closes behind you. This is an impossible room. Oh, good. It's impossible because you're in a circular lighthouse, which is not very big. And yet when you step out, a long, like, dark racetrack is spread out in front of you with three clearly defined lanes. And it is very warm in this room. And you all begin to feel instantly parched to the point where um like your thirst is very very uncomfortable it hits you quite suddenly and a spotlight lights up a golden cup with a very refreshing liquid is it solar in it could be you'd have to get there to find out but it's a good um couple of hundred meters down this impossible room Now, there's one other thing of note in this room. At the starting blocks for this race to the cup, there are little podiums, each with a small rectangular object on it. I think we just go the same order we went. The balls. So, G'day goes in the middle. Mm -hmm. I go to the left, Mackenzie goes to the right. They, the they, they, it all looks identical. Like, there's nothing oh. that fa- looks like anything would be favoured. Well, in which case, yeah, that'll do. And they each have one of these rectangular objects. I'm going to roll investigation on the object. Yeah. Okay, it's a device. Do you pick it up? Yeah. Okay, as you pick it up, um, you notice it's a device which has four buttons on one side of it, and it has a very faint kind of... Um, aiming mechanism at the front a sort of uh, thin red beam and the buttons um, the instructions are written in common and they say stop go fast and slow 
and there's an aiming mechanism at the front. And as you're all on the starting blocks, kind of looking at these things in your hands, a horn blasts to signal the beginning of the race. And that water looks real, or whatever the liquid is, looks really, really good to you right now. Let's roll initiative and see what your actions are. 15. 3. 2. You're first to react. G'day, what are you going to do? I'm going to press start on my button thing. Go. Go. What are you pointing it at? Myself. Okay. Yeah. You were already going, so it has no <laughs> noticeable effect. And then you can move your movement if you want. I'll just run. I can go 25 feet. You can go 25 feet. Yeah. Let's say, we'll do it in feet. Let's say it's 200 feet. So, G'day, you managed to reach 25 feet down the track on your turn then it is you plank point the red bit at the ground yep and then press fast at the ground yeah it has no effect and you can also do your movement if you wish uh, i'll run 30 feet okay so plank you are now 30 feet mackenzie your turn um i'm going to point the thing at myself and hit fast okay you can run triple your speed. Okay, so 60 feet. Triple your speed. 90. Sorry, 90. <laughs> so, Mackenzie, you are nearly at the halfway already at 90. Long legs. Because you have sped yourself up, um, and that is just a burst, and then you'll have to press a button again if you yeah. want to continue with that. Oh, actually, no, that's fine. You're, you're fast now. Um, G'day, what are you going to do? I'm going to press fast for myself okay so now you can run triple uh, so you can run 75 yeah. which will put you at the 100 mark mm -hmm. so you are halfway plank Oops. what are you going to do you're back at the 30 foot mark i point my thing at mackenzie and press slow no press stop stop okay so mackenzie is uh completely stopped and then you can move plank. Can I point my thing again? No. I just moved 30 feet. Okay, so now plank, you're at 60 feet. So plank 60, Mackenzie stopped at 90. You feel your body grind to a halt. And uh, G'day is at 100. Um, now it is Mackenzie. Um, I would have to activate myself again, wouldn't I? Yeah, so what I'm going to let you do on your turn is you can use the remote once and you can move your speed once. Okay. Um, can I hit fast on myself? You'd have to go. You would have to go. I'd have to go. go. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll hit go on myself. And then just run your normal speed? Yeah, which is 30 feet. Which is 30 feet. So that puts you at 120. Then good day. What's the fourth button? Slow. Go, stop, start. Oh, no. Start, stop, um, fast, slow. Right. Now, you're already on fast forward. Oh, so I don't have to press it again? No. Oh, cool. So you can, if you want to use your remote press for something else, you can. Who's closest to me? Uh, you're at 100 feet. Yeah. Mackenzie's at 120. Plank's at 60. I'm going to press slow on plank and then move 75 feet again. Okay. So that puts you at 175. You are very close to the cup 
then it is you plank you are moving um what's your normal speed is 30 you're moving 10 feet now i point my thing at good day can i respond i press go i'm already going but then you stopped because if i press go does she move would that no no this is all happening like simultaneously so she's yeah. still fast forward running oh okay my little legs <laughs> So you um, can stop her, but then you'll be moving 10 feet. Nah, I press stop on Mackenzie. <laughs> okay, so Mackenzie is stopped again. I'm half desiccated already. And then are you going to run the 10 feet plank? Nah. You're going to stay where you are? Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to win. Plank stays where he is. I'm then not gonna it win. is you, Mackenzie, at the 120 and you are stopped? I'll hit go. You hit go and you can run 30, yeah. which takes you to 150. Yeah. And then it is you, G'day. Um, I'll just run across the line. And you run across the line and you get the cup and it is absolutely wonderful and refreshing. Can I share it? And you can share it. Okay. I drink a third of it. And the thing is, once you touch the cup and you drink, mm -hmm. everybody before you even share it, okay. everybody returns back to normal. Nice. Normal level of hydration. Yeah. All right. The room reaches normal temperature. When you everything goes dark for a second, and then when the lights come up, you're back in a small circular room. Okay. I just want clarification. Mackenzie, who did you use the remote on? Me. Always me. Just on yourself? Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to write down the judgment. <laughs> And you guys have been judged. That was the end of the third trial. And on the wall appears the th three beards. <laughs> three beards will kill him. Three beards will kill him. <laughs> As we're moving up the body of Trichotomous Dave. Now, the fourth room opens up above you. I'm assuming you will go in. Yes. yes. The door closes behind you. Whoa. First thing that hits you about this room is there is a lovely perfume that is spreading through it. And the walls are actually decorated with a sort of flowery, baroque, vintage wallpaper. And there are three dressing table desks in this room, each with three mirrors on it so oh wait, sorry three on each no room? one mirror on each okay. desk so okay. a desk with a mirror times three one for each of you i go sit down at the desk so do i i just yeah i do it as well <laughs> okay oh, now i want you guys to be honest i want you to think about your characters i want you to think about how your character like, it's probably been a long time since your character has sat and looked at themselves in a mirror. And I want you to tell me what you see. And then think about, like, how your character would be at this point in the adventure, what they might look like, how they might be feeling, or what do they see? Um, Mackenzie's, like, she's never looked like this, like, any time that she's properly looked at herself. Um, she's really kind of dishevelled. There's hair all over the place. Like, in terms of, like, her hair's coming out mm. of, like, a plait. Um, her eyebrows are out of control. She's probably skinnier than she was the last time she um, looked at herself properly. Um, she's got no makeup. She's kind of sweaty and kind of gross. But she looks more 
alive than she feels like she ever has. Yeah. Mm. Okay. G'day has some issues with um, the perception of herself stemming from when she was like, she would look at herself in the reflection of the water and she never felt like she looked like how she should because she felt like she should look like all the animals that she lived with. So she's still coming to terms with like who she is as a person and I think she was feeling like she was regaining control over her identity and now she's feeling a bit pissed off that someone's toying with her and trying to take that away. So she sees herself, she feels really sure of herself and she's mad that someone's making her question that and she's a bit like wild-eyed and kind of scared of what she sees. A bit twitchy. Okay. (laughs) And Plank. Plank looks at himself and he's like... (laughs) What percentage John Herm am I? <laughs> He's like, oh man. Uh, I don't know. He probably hasn't seen himself properly since he lost his eye. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. So he's like, damn. Disappointed. Because <laughs> he's like, he looks at himself and he's like, this isn't who I was. Like, he doesn't really recognize the guy in the mirror. All right. And he's a bit like, are you starting with the man in the mirror? <laughs> yeah. He's a bit upset. And he's like, he remembers some of the like terrible things he's done. <laughs> As you like reach... killing the poet. Yeah, okay, good. And he's like, oh, fuck. So as you each have this moment of re- introspection and quiet reflection, a little disc opens up in the table. You hear the clanking of gears, and on each of your desks, a small tube of red lipstick rises out of the desk. In front of you. What do you do? Plank doesn't do anything. <laughs> Plank's like, is this concealer? Oh, you know what? Plank <laughs> picks it up and just like covers the entire mirror so he can't see himself. Starts scribbling on the mirror. Okay. G'day. You are being judged. This is a test. Um. Oh. <laughs> um. She puts it on. And then, like, on her mouth, like normal. Yeah. And then she smudges it, and she gives the mirror forks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and we'll get back to you, but... <laughs> Mackenzie, what do you do? I want to know what you do first. Um, Mackenzie picks up the lipstick and winds it up as high as it goes and draws the sigil of Addison... Family <laughs> over the entirety of her face, so it's like a massive circle with like lines through it. Does and any she puts it down? Does any go on your lips? No. Oh, no. <laughs> you avoid the lips. Okay. So you look in the mirror and you. Well, how does that make you feel to have that symbol on you? I won't say how your character feels. Um. It's a act of defiance, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It is, but it's also like you know, it is still her family. Yeah. But, you know, she's not going to be, a, you know, she's going to do it on her terms. Yeah. Uh, G'day. So you do your act of defiance too. Mm Mm-hmm. But there's something about, like, when you look at yourself, given the forks in this mirror with your smudge (laughs) lipstick, well, you look so cool. Like, you just look like such a badass. It's like it should be the... Cover of one of uh, Wenzo's magazines. You, you look <laughs> oh fantastic. Nice. You look confident. Mm-hmm. And um, 
you're not a bad looking little halfling at all. Like your hair's like awesomely tussled. <laughs> You've got these fantastic eyes and you feel really confident. Nice. Really desirable. And there's something in you. And this isn't a magical thing where I'm going to take control of your character and say you're going to do this or that. Mm -hmm. But you feel amorous. You feel flirty. You feel like that sort of point at a party where you're drunk and single and free and you think, yeah, I could, like, kiss somebody. Okay. So she, you, you feel desirable and um, you feel more... Um, into things than you normally would be. <laughs> Episode 49, G'day Hits Puberty. <laughs> yeah. And okay. um, you guys, can the other two roll perception, please? Eight. Eighteen. Yeah. Um, more so you, Mackenzie, but you notice this confidence in G'day. You notice that G'day is looking more attractive than you've ever seen her look. Like, she looks great. It probably even makes you feel a little bit silly about having the lipstick all over your face <laughs> because you, you're sort of suddenly aware that she's, like, outshining everybody. She's looking really good. Like, you have always been the hot one in the team, but she's the hot one right now. She looks really great. You sort of, yeah, I don't think you would have had these feelings about her before. What do you guys do? I look at Mackenzie, I'm like... What the fuck happened to your face? <laughs> <laughs> I flip him the bird. G'day. Yes. How you doing? I'm good, how are you? Cool. Now you got this new power, <laughs> which it just feels great. It feels so good to have this power. Yeah, I'm good. Mackenzie, your perception is high enough to, you know it was the lipstick. I'm aware. Hmm. You guys, I feel... Amazing. You should do this. You look pretty good. I'm concerned about this. I... Why? Because you're not the hot one. <laughs> I'm going to walk over to Plank. What? I'm going to stand on the table. Okay. So we're like eye to eye. Yeah. And I'm going to kiss him. Oh, Plank backs off. <laughs> okay. Whoa. So Plank, you back off because, you know, you've got your senses about you. You, you recognise this is weird, but... It's got to have been like She's a bit of a... nowhere near enough legs for you. It's got to have been a bit of a tingle that you weren't expecting. <laughs> but I'm... Like, my intention was to rub as much of my, the lipstick on my mouth onto his mouth. Now you've got a bit of lipstick on your plank. Oh, uh, wipe it off, like, straight away. <laughs> okay. I'm like, ah, oh, gross! What there's the this, fuck? There's this moment where you felt your internal... John Ham meter starting to rise <laughs> and then as you wipe it off it sinks back to the back of your head where uh, it's always been okay, there you go take that shit off your face and Mackenzie you are rolling arcana well the whole place is going to be I'm telling you the whole place is going to be buzzing with magic okay this is changing us I think we need to take it off I disagree I um just see just see how it feels. Come on, Mackenzie. Look, I've had that <laughs> lots. <laughs> and it <clears throat> does stuff. Are you guys all absolutely solid in your convictions right now? We're not going to alter your stance? You've made your decisions? Because if you've made your decisions, that's fine. Yeah. So I don't want to kiss today? We want the lipstick on your mouth. I don't want the lipstick on my mouth. You don't? No. Okay. So... <laughs> The lights come up, and the voice says, test complete. 
you have been judged. There is a bit of a storm raging outside as well. I don't know if people are catching that (laughs) rain on the microphone, but it certainly adds a lovely atmosphere (laughs) to what we're doing tonight as things get uh, more and more intense in here. Mm. So, as always, another part of the painting appears and it is the three tongues. And you move up to the next level. This is test five. This is a dark room with a spotlight in the center. Very, very sparse. And there are just three wooden chairs facing each other in a circle in the center of this spotlight. Three chairs facing each other. Yep. I go and sit in a chair. Yeah, I'll sit in a chair as well. Do I still feel great? All effects have vanished after. Has it actually like disappeared off us as well? Like. No, you're still wearing it, but yeah, cool. yeah. it's just lipstick now. Okay. Cool. Uh, I sit down, I look at both of you, and I'm like, do you both regret this? And you have a desire, in fact an urge, you cannot do anything but tell the truth. <laughs> <laughs> so you must tell the truth. He's just asked you a question. What'd you say? Sorry, I wasn't paying attention. Do you both feel... Do you both regret this? Do you both regret the lipstick... No, I do regret kissing you. Same. Because <laughs> you're kind of repulsive. You're more of a sister. Yeah, but I still think you should have done what I was doing. Although I'm glad you both didn't, because if I made the right choice and you two didn't, that means I win and I'm okay with that. So as much as I can separate myself from you two in my choices, I'll be glad. I want you to win. Oh, thanks, Blake. <laughs> if two of us are going to die, it should be me and Mackenzie. Yeah, true. I disagree. You no. would, Mackenzie. <laughs> That's true. Today's a good person. begins, says the disembodied voice. <laughs> Which of the other two is the kindest? G'day. G'day. Mackenzie. Which of the other two is the dumbest? Plank. Plank. Can I say myself? <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got to say which of the other two. G'day. Which of the other two is the weakest? Plank. Plank. Mackenzie. <laughs> which of the other two is the most worthy? G'day. G'day. Plank. Which of the other two is the most creative? G'day. <laughs> Mackenzie. Which of the other two do you trust the most? G'day. Mackenzie. G'day. Which of the other two do you resent the most? G'day. Mackenzie. Plank. Which of the other two would you kill? Plank. Plank. Do I have to say anything? <laughs> I have to be silent. You have to say. Ah. You're like, you're just trying to fight it, but you can't. Mackenzie. Okay. The test has ended. You have been judged. (laughs) Nice, guys. There's one left. I'm just going to score that one. Oy vey. And then the final test. Mackenzie's now Jewish. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And 
On the wall, as the test ends, the three eyes of Trichotomous Dave <laughs> appear on the wall. The all-seeing eyes that have just stared deep into your souls. Didn't the tongues stare deep into our souls? No, the tongues were the passion one beforehand with the lipstick. Oh. Isn't that oh. the beard? No, it's going... It's the room that the test appeared in, not okay. the next room. Okay, gotcha. Oh, okay. Notes, not jokes, guys. <laughs> right. Notes, not jokes. I've got a list. Focus. <laughs> Don't look on the list. Write your own. <laughs> no. Okay. The final test room. You walk in and in the center is a triangular prism uh, made out of stone. So basically a column which has three sides. And on each side is an indent for a person to place their palm. Oh, this is like Outlander. Um, We're just going to go and do it? Is it like, does it look like it's specific for us? Like, is there a G'day height one and a Mackenzie height one? No. All right. They're all just at a, a sort of medium height. All right. Mackenzie goes up. And yeah, goes, all right, guys. It. See you on the other side. I do it as Puts well. Puts a hand on it. Okay. There is a weird feeling that you all have. Uh, can we please roll um, what I want to pick? What skill would be best? Animal handling? <laughs> <laughs> I want um, a charisma s- a save. I want the uh, highest charisma roll. Oh, God. 23. Fuck off. <laughs> 13. 15. Okay, Plank, you got the highest. Plank, you become aware that you are no longer, like your perspective has shifted suddenly. Although you're still looking at a side of this column, the hand that you are looking at is not your own. It's a hand that you recognise as Mackenzie's. G'day, you have a higher perspective now because you realise that the hand that you are looking at is not your own. The hand that you are looking at is Plank's. Mm-hmm. And Mackenzie... You are far lower than you were a second (laughs) ago. And you are looking at G'day's hand. Motherfucker. Your minds have switched. So everybody's clear on the body that they now inhabit? Yes. Just tell me again, just so the listeners are reminded. I'm in G'day. I'm Mackenzie. And I'm Plank. Okay. And the voice says the final test is about to finish to pass into the next room. And three doors open up. And each room has... A small pedestal with a small, smaller than normal size silver bucket. And the bucket has a small curved knife tied to it. And it says to pass, you must fill the bucket with blood. <laughs> Golly. And bear in mind that the blood you have at the moment is not your own. What do you guys do? Why don't we all fill one person's? In thirds. Because in that post, then everyone's still bleeding. Yeah, but that's unavoidable. Would a third of a bucket of blood kill us? Well, these are small. Yeah, it won't yeah. kill they're you. They're not like... They're, yeah, they're it's a smaller than a normal bucket. It's not like a bucket that you'd mop a floor with. Okay, because <laughs> I'd fit in that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you would, like... you would have to create a, you know, a, a decent injury mm. to get that blood out. Mm. I, Mackenzie... I'm willing to sacrifice my body. <laughs> that so, is art, you fucker. No, I'm talking about Plank's body. 
My me. It's my body. True. So you want me to go fill the black bucket? I want you to fill all three buckets. <laughs> <laughs> and then our brains will go back to our bodies. To be fair, you probably do have more blood than either of us. True. Okay. So, good day. In Plank's body, mm-hmm. you've been given the responsibility of filling all three buckets with Plank's blood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How are you going to do this? Um, Can we collect all three buckets and then... No. Oh, I know. They remain on the pedestals. Do... And the knives are attached to them. Oh, damn. So I can't move the buckets around? Nope. Damn it. Mm. So it'd have to be three cuts. Okay, I just do the first one. Uh, how, where? How? The one to the far left, and I'll just, like, maybe just, like, cut my arm? I feel like it'd be hard to find veins on Plank. I don't want to, like, murder him. Just slit one of his wrists. That will uh. murder him. I would say, like, just like a forearm cut. Yeah, like an upper forearm. Yeah. All right. And the blood starts to trickle out. You feel Plank's pain. Uh. <laughs> and you feel, um, yeah, and, and lose, uh, actually, lose six hit points. Me? Plank, yeah, on Plank's character sheet. <laughs> okay, and then you go to the next bucket. Are you, well, I don't feel like you need to do all to your body. No, it's fine. Should... <laughs> Let's you've, do it. You've got the hit points to burn. Yeah, I've got lots. Mm. I feel like, what, what did exactly did the voice say? We have to fill all three buckets. To pass. He said this is the final test. Yeah. You didn't really say anything else. Can you read that again? Nope. <laughs> no, it's not jokes. Yeah. I'm just worried that Plank is manipulating us, Mackenzie. He's acting like a martyr, but he's trying to be the only one who passes this test. I get that, but he also has more hit points. I think Mackenzie's body is sitting on... I think she's got about 11 left. And you're in... And I'm in, your, in G'day's body. Plank's in Mackenzie's body. So Plank has Mackenzie's body at the moment, and yeah. it doesn't have an awful lot of juice left in it. Can you... I want you to fill one bucket with my blood. Okay. And then, I, and then I'll do the next one as Plank again. All right, let's have a look. So she... Um, Mackenzie slash G'day goes waltzing into the next room and um, kind of does a bit of arm squidging, goes, Jesus Christ, you've got no flesh on you. <laughs> and, like, cuts... Uh, a bit of the kind of fleshy arm part. On G'day. On G'day's body. Okay, G'day. Um, you only take two points of damage. It's a nice, clean... Surgical. Surgical cut. <laughs> Thank you. Are you sure, Mackenzie? About what? Just do it. Not make getting plank to do your body? Yeah, go on. You want There's him? a lot of me. I'm stretched out. I don't want to do it. Go on. Nothing visible, please. I don't want any scars. Do you want a cool scar? No. No. Do it. No. Mackenzie, make him do it. Plank, just do it. No, it's my brain. <laughs> this is between you two. I'm, I'm fine. There's you one, can do it. There's, I, one, I there's just, one bucket left. What I, are you guys going to do? Out, and I'm like, if you want to do it, Mackenzie, you can do it. <clears throat> I so, do it. So G'day does it? Yeah. You cut... Um, Mackenzie's body. Mackenzie's body. With Plank inside. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That is three damage to Mackenzie. Okay. And the blood fills the bucket. So Mackenzie, you're quite low now, Mackenzie's body. 7, 30, 34. Um, I'm on nine. Okay, so you would feel that stress of that plank. And then the painting lights up on the wall of the three horns. 
and it says test complete and your perspective shifts again and you're all in your own bodies and you're feeling that lingering pain of the cuts that mm. were inflicted and the voice says you have been judged <laughs> okay and uh the only difference this time when the hatch opens up and the stairs go up is there is a bright warm lamp light in the room above you like a lighthouse lamp yes <laughs> crazy <clears throat> so uh you're venturing up there yeah, yeah. all right as you enter both of you were like yeah <laughs> <laughs> it is the um room the lighthouse room and it looks as normal as it was the very first time. It didn't look terribly normal. That you went into it. No, but before all the symbols and everything oh, lit gotcha, up. Okay. You know what I mean? Like yep. it's just the lighthouse room with the lamp lit. But once you're all in, you suddenly feel very, very sluggish. Sluggish to the point where you feel your body's slowing down around you. It's like you're moving through a thick goo. And you all suddenly are stopped. You're in a stasis field. And you can, like, look at each other. You can move your eyes. You can see the majority of the room. But it's very difficult for your body to move. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And um, the voice says, the time of judgment is upon us. Who is worthy for the plenty, and then you hear a, whoa, 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 not say fast, dickhead. And the hatch flings back open, and the bully, with, like, cuts on him, bruises, breathing heavily, bits of, like, his shirt torn and tied around him like a tourniquet, and the two other bullies, they all scramble out of the hole triumphantly, see you guys and go, well, 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 more contenders for the plenty. Surprise, you dickheads made it. And they all get stuck in the status field as well. (laughs) So there are six of you up in the room now, the three of you and the three bullies. You can speak, but you, like, there's this horrible weight on your muscles, like you can't move. And all the symbols light up again on the wall and the painting of Trichotomous Dave Good riddance to little dickheads is revealed and the lamp shines with an even brighter intensity and a golden beam like this very solid golden beam almost um, like you know the rainbow bridge of Asgard just goes flying out across the water and on the other side of this golden bridge that has just been created is a sort of shimmering portal to a world which is unlike anything you have ever seen. It is this beautiful, lush, decadent world where writhing bodies seem to be partying and drinking and um, kissing and um, rolling around in money. Like, it's eating wonderful (laughs) pastries. Um, It just... There's, like, sounds of otherworldly music. It is this wonderful, decadent... um, place of pleasure and uh certainly these three 12 year old boys eyes go as wide (laughs) as saucers as they see uh what's 
ahead of them and they are all very excited and dribble their leader is like I can feel it I can feel this coming it's gonna be me guys it's gonna be me and the voice says well let's judge the worthy person to go to the plenty is O'Leary and O'Leary the little uh bully that you heard speak I think once back out on the hill is ecstatic but the voice tells him very somberly that a sacrifice must be made and a knife, a curved blade appears in the centre of the room and Dribble is suddenly like, goes very pale and he's like, no, 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 it should be me. It's supposed to be me. I'm the worthy one. No, Larry, come on, man. Come on, we're best buds. We've had sleepovers and stuff. I showed you my wee-wee. And O'Leary picks up the blade and slashes Dribble and kills him. And he slashes the other guy and kills him. And then he walks across the golden bridge and disappears into the plenty as they welcome him with open arms. So now there are three of you left in this stasis field. And I haven't actually added it up yet. (laughs) I'm going to add it up. But you remember the words... Live action maths. You remember the words, Plank, from the, the Infernal. And that was written on the walls. Yes. And they were looking for the strong, Mm -hmm. which we saw when, even when aged, who was able to do the most damage? Who was able to inflict the most? Not me. Mackenzie. (laughs) On, uh... Was it Mackenzie? I think it was. Who who earned the... Who was the big bulging ball? And who were the two withered balls in that (laughs) encounter? (laughs) That's just me. You'll also remember... In the nipple room, it wasn't actually about nurturing. You remember the word ruthless. Who was going to be the most ruthless person? Who would want it the most? Who would uh, do something horrible to their baby? <laughs> the third test, the three beards. The beards are a symbol of the cunning. Who would use the remote control to their advantage in order to win the race and to get there and inflict that remote control on others? Test four was the three tongues. They're looking for the passionate who would be the most passionate person? Who would wear the lipstick? And who would maybe even make an advance on one of their other party members? The three eyes were looking for the truthful. Who would be the most truthful character? Who, when we found out everybody's secret feelings about each other, would be thought of the highest? Who would be thought of the lowest? Who was the most worthy? And finally, the selfish. Who, when in someone else's body, would do what it takes? would make the sacrifice to uh, get into the other room. <laughs> there is a point system. I'm going to add them up. <laughs> this is like Naplan tests. <laughs> if you're going to say something, please say it loud enough for the audience to hear. <laughs> I'm very surprised at this result. <laughs> I never would have uh, imagined this. Oh, dear. But one of you feels the stasis field disappear and you feel that your body has been given free movement and the voice says the most worthy has been chosen welcome to the plenty good day <laughs> yeah. i don't want to yeah <laughs> but first you must make a sacrifice two sacrifices <laughs> and the curved cutting sacrificial blade appears hovering in front of you 
What are you gonna do? It's fine, man. <laughs> this is right. But I don't... No, you deserve this. But I don't want to kill you guys. That's fine. Do I feel like, um... Like, a, like magically drawn towards the place? Um, the plenty does feel like it has an attractive pull. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to magically affect your actions. Yeah. Um, it definitely has a strong pull, and mm-hmm. it has a strong pull um, in a way that the lipstick did. Because remember, the lipstick didn't make you, oh, now you're kissing, you have to go and kiss everybody or mm-hmm. anything like that. But it made you see yourself in a different way, <laughs> and it made you care about something that as day normally, without that influence... Mm-hmm. It's not a big factor for her. I don't think she's normally that concerned about her appearance being someone that was raised by dingle dongers. Mm -hmm. I think similarly, when we look at this, she's not someone that puts a value necessarily on the kinds of things that are on offer in the plenty, which Mm -hmm. looks like a kind of twisted, sexy version of, um, (laughs) you know, the Island of Lost Boys or something. Yeah. Or the the naughty kids from Pinocchio. (laughs) But at the same time... It has that siren's lure. Mm-hmm. But you can control... It's interesting because I feel like with G'day, there's probably a more clear-cut decision here mm-hmm. than it would be... I be, would have been curious if Plank had ended up here or if Mackenzie had ended up here. <laughs> um, I think that might have had potential for... Uh, more of an unknown. <laughs> I think all our feeling sitting here is probably that G'day is not going to do it. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, it's like you said, that's the first thing I thought when you were explaining it. It doesn't seem like anything that she wants um, in there. Why the hesitation, says the voice. Is this not what you want? Well, I'm glad that I'm what you consider worthy, but no, it's not what I want. I don't want, I don't like... People touching each other's bodies. <laughs> but, as you, but as you say that, they all sound kind of like a little bit exciting, a little bit alluring. You can hear, you can hear the like giggles and laughter and music from the other side. Those people you're saying, oh, I don't want that, but it sounds like everyone's really having a great time. <laughs> like there's a lot of pleasure happening over there. You would refuse an invitation to the plenty. We're being played today. <laughs> What do you mean? We're being played. We are pawns in someone else's game. So, no? I'm going to say that we have bigger fish to fry. Than me killing you. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty big fish. <laughs> My only concern is, okay, guys, you know how I said before, like, this is not all not real, mm. but those two boys were really dead. Yes. The two boys we saw before. In the corner. Yeah. So I don't want to really kill you. It seems real now. <laughs> you talk too much. You bought Trichotomous Dave. <laughs> and today you feel your body freeze up again. Perhaps I was wrong. <laughs> Maybe the next worthy would like to have a chance. Mackenzie. And Mackenzie, you feel the stasis field go and you get the movement. And the blade appears and hovers in front of you. Mackenzie takes the blade. Yep. And she kind of looks at it and kind of you know, turns it over and kind of inspects the edge and all that kind of thing. Yep. Um, and she kind of looks up 
because there's no real direction that the voice is coming from. Nope. And says, Trichotomus, come down here. This is not Trichotomus speaking. Trichotomus would not spend his time in a lighthouse. (laughs) 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 All right. Trichotomus is in the plenty, enjoying the plenty. Gotcha. Only the worthy will ever see Trichotomus. Ah, so you have And his blessed three nipples. I'm just an echo (laughs) of the past. I am Um, there on the island, enjoying myself. Okay, Jennings. Yes. Would you appear before us, please? I'm on the island. This is just an echo of the past. (laughs) Then why does this matter to you at all? I built this. This city on rock and roll? I do not know that reference. (laughs) (laughs) That is not a part of my past. But I built this lighthouse as a way for me to reach Trichotomous Dave and to partake of the plenty. And you have. And I have. And others have opened up this creation and used it as well to travel across. But only the worthy have made it. And if you would like, if you consider yourself one of the worthy, then you would like to join us in the island of the plenty. Then all you need to do is make two sacrifices and cross the bridge and all your dreams will come true. I don't believe you. So no. And she drops the knife. Then we are done here. And the knife disappears. And the lamp goes off. And the golden bridge disappears. And you guys are standing in a cold lighthouse on plenty, or port plenty, on the little outcrop with the dead bodies of four young men. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it got doubly worse. (laughs) And Mackenzie, you're not feeling that magic buzzing anymore. Nope. Is that a good thing, though? I'm assuming that means the stasis field's being removed. Yep, yep, you're all fine. Yep. This place sucks. <laughs> even your even your knife cuts that you made on yourselves in the test, all that's gone. You've got four hit points, everything's fine, there's just the, the wind whistling through. Guys, we need to destroy this lighthouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How do we do that? Fire. <laughs> Hmm. Not an awful lot that burns in here, though. Hmm. Do you reckon if we got the shithole to just push against it hard <laughs> enough, it'd just topple into the ocean? That doesn't seem personal enough. <laughs> no. I say we just trash it. Just well, mantle it as much as possible. No, I mean, I think that whatever we break will be replaced somewhere unknown. I think, like, we know our enemy here, so let's leave it. Hey, Plank. How big's the portable hole? <laughs> Not big enough to fit a lighthouse. <laughs> no. <laughs> kind of helpless against this. But we could, like, just drop the light mechanism into it. <laughs> you, you, you couldn't move a cabbage in this place, so <laughs> that's something to bear in mind. It, it works in a different plane. But, hey, add it to your list, guys, because you won't be level fives forever. It seems like you will be. but yeah. uh, level, level six. Level six. But, um you got a lot of time ahead of you. Maybe this is a, a something to take care of when you guys are super-powered dudes. You can go and wage war against Trichotomous Dave in the plenty. Well, yeah, we've still got, to, we've still got to fight the orphanage. And Dead Kelly. Mm. There's a lot of things out there with the Rebel Wilson. Mm. I'm going to put all these dead boys in my portable hole. Why? No, that'll do. Let's put them to rest somewhere else. Yeah, take, take them, them back, back down? to the town. Yeah. I'm going to carry them. And when you come down there, the townspeople are all standing around the base. And they've got candles. And you don't need to say anything. They're not accusing you. They know that this is a bad place. 
And they've got the things to board up the door Sweet. and replace the sign and warn people never to come up here. Rivet it. Rivet it closed. And they will rivet it closed. <laughs> All right, but, guys... Uh, should we tell Bossman that his girlfriend's actually a horrible person responsible for the death of two boys? Hey, guys! I would say yes, because it might help him get over it. Hey, you got a terrible choice in women, buddy. Oh, do I? And you see that he's got this very hot 17-year-old girl. <laughs> he's got his little hand around her thighs because she's a lot taller than he is. <laughs> and he winks at you guys and goes... Don't worry about the bus, man. <laughs> I got a space to invade. <laughs> and then the credits roll. But look, guys, although, see, I just made light of that because I wanted to, you know, I felt a downer in the room. But that's good. You guys faced some things. You thought about yourselves and you really stood by each other as friends. And you actually were quite good to each other throughout that. So you should feel proud that the party is stronger after that experience. Mm-hmm. In fact, we'll level you, level you up for next time for episode 50. <gasps> Holy <because> shit. <laughs> it's been like, what, four months? Probably. But um, that was kind of a harrowing experience for you guys. And I think emerging from the other side of that, let's level you up. Thank you. Now, can I just... And please join me in these memories. Talk behind the curtain for our American listeners particularly. Um, There are references to Australian things a lot of the time in these. And this is a reference, a very dark, weird reference, (laughs) to um, Paul Jennings, who's an Australian author. He wrote a series of books uh, which were then adapted into a TV series called Around the Twist, Mm -hmm. where a lot of weird things... Just Around the Twist. Yeah, around the twist, which was a um, sort of anthology series. It was about the same characters, and there was mm-hmm. a bully and a kid called um, Bronson. Mm-hmm. And Bronson, uh, and what was the sister's name? I can't remember. It's not with an M. Mm. But there was an older brother as well, so there was yeah. three kids. And all these weird things happened at the lighthouse, and there were ghosts that were sea captains. Mm-hmm. Um, there it was, was Cabbage Patch Baby um, that someone had mates. to look after. There was a True. magic remote control. There was, there was an aging machine, but I'm bringing up the things that were in the story. There was a okay. microwave so, and there was underwear warm so you could swim from. Yes. So um, <laughs> there are lots of things, uh, elements to these tests that were inspired by and drawn from this uh, Paul Jennings TV series. They're still popular books. Yeah. We have them. Yeah. yeah. I read them when I was like think, eight. I was going to say, think of it almost like goosebumps but not just horror there was horror elements but a lot of times it was just about like it was gross yeah it it really scared me because i was quite young when i saw it and like the episode i saw that like made me go like nope forever his mouth gets really small and he has to eat through a straw all the time and it was this weird like Horrible it was creepy. looking yeah. mouth, tiny mouth. And body, that was another body horror is another level. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was just like out yeah. of there. There was some gross shit on there. And it, it was about 20 years ago or something, wasn't it? It's yeah. not it was, yeah. it's an old, I was in school. An old series. Yeah. So um, And I'm old enough that like as peek behind the curtain, extra peek behind the curtain, <laughs> my mum went out with the dad from Round the Twist. Yes. <laughs> there were two Round the Twist dads. One of them got in trouble for some kind of like he was creepy or something. And the other one is the one that she went out with when she was like 20. Yeah. So, nice. Yeah. So, mm. Have you ever ever felt like this? The strange <laughs> things happening going around the twist. She was a that he gave her. Mm. There you go. So that, that's um, the genesis 
Nice. Of this story. We'll have to find some, like, a YouTube clip. Yeah, and I tried to incorporate elements from lots of different stories into this one. Although, but then, although the, the fish in the dick didn't happen. No, that's sad. the crazy thing. That that's the craziest of for, um, my memory. Yeah. All our listeners who don't recall this TV show, there is an episode where one of the younger kid, I think it is Bronson, yeah. eats a fish. It's called the Whirling um, Durfish, I think. And he eats a fish that makes his penis spin around like a propeller. <laughs> and it means that he can, like, suddenly start acing the swimming contests and, and stuff at school. And this is a children's show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and that was, that and was you, where the, the wing competition came in because... No, that's a different that's a episode. Different. No, wasn't it? Yeah, okay, I looked, no, at, I looked at it. That's the no. little... It's the water sprite. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the funny thing is, if you look at screenshots from this, so obviously there's no pictures of this kid's penis spinning around, but there is a picture... <laughs> of this kid standing on the blocks at the swimming, just have this child actor has the facial expression of someone who is acting their penis spinning around. <laughs> He's, like, looking very proud of himself. <laughs> so... Uh, that, that kid was great. I thought that I would really be unfair on uh, G'day and Mackenzie <laughs> if we incorporated that into, yeah. the, into the trials. Um, all right. Uh, how are we feeling? Good. I am wrung out. Okay. <laughs> so episode 50 next time. Uh, we're looking forward to that. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Go to fruitlesspursuits.com to find out everything that we're doing, uh, including um, the other show, FPCast, movie, pop culture reviews. I'd love you guys to try that if you haven't already. Join our Facebook group and join the discussion. we love to hear from you. Add to our wiki. Go on our Instagram. Um if it's not under Dungeons and Drongos, it'll be under Fruitless Pursuits because that is our hub. Uh, search for merchandise on Redbubble. Uh, there's lots of ways that you can interact and support the show. Patreon. Um, I just love to hear from you. And above all, please share this series with a friend. And if you can't find the earlier episodes, they are on Fruitless Pursuits and they're on YouTube. So uh, hit them up there. Uh, you guys, what would you like to say? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Everyone's pretty worn down right now. You know yeah, where to find these guys. Um, on... I'm on Twitter at Hog Sandwich. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Zach WH. I'm on Instagram at Paris Burns. Thanks so much. And um, I'm really looking forward to episode 50. That's an accomplishment, guys. I can't believe that we actually have... Put up with each other. Done that. <laughs> no. Well, again, behind the curtain, if, if you guys recall, the time frame between us talking, I think, to you, Zach, and saying, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we did Dungeons & Dragons podcast, to us actually having the first episode recorded, or the first adventure recorded, the first three episodes, was less than a week, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because we all agreed that we wanted to do it, and then we got a bit kind of trigger-happy, and we're like, let's do it right now! But the fact that, yeah... Yeah. Pie, the whole concept and your characters and Pie Mine was written and recorded all within a week. Mm -hmm. And that that episode has been listened to thousands of people, like by thousands of people, and it's crazy. I remember um, flipping a coin with you because we were like, who's going to be a spellcaster? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I won the coin toss. <laughs> and um, already, yeah. 50 episodes, so... Go team. 25 adventures, I think. So, That's an um, awful lot of quality time we've spent with each other. <laughs> it really is. All right. Well, thanks so much again. And, um, Suzanne, if you would do the honours. <coughs> Lack-a-doo.